Well, good morning. We want to welcome you this morning to Paradise Valley Christian Church, and we are so glad that you are here joining us together as the body of Christ. And again, as we uh, are at this uh, time of season, we're going to beginning. We're going to begin a, a series called Journey to Christmas. Follow the star, a journey to Christmas, and we closed out our. Our series on Thank You Goes a Long Way last week, and we looked at the 2 Corinthians passage where, you know, we're thanking God for His indescribable gift. It's only four weeks away till Christmas morning, and of course the retail stores, they've been preparing pretty much all year for this day. But I want to use these next weeks leading up to Christmas as a chance to look forward to our celebration of the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, the light of the world, our Savior. This time of the year is full of great expectation, and I'm glad you're all here this morning as we come together as the body of Christ, and I pray that together we can embark on a journey, an epic journey that began more than 2,000 years ago, and follow the star and discover the light of the world. It's a journey of the heart and of the soul, but it's also a journey that will realign our expectations and experience of the Christmas season. It's a journey that will explore the gifts of Christmas delivered by and through our Savior. Hope, love, joy, and peace. See, we will need hope in the storms of life and love that never gives up. We need fresh joy on a journey that leads us to peace, no matter what we're facing or dealing with in this life. We're going to be focusing on the star as our guiding light, and it guided the biblical characters to the place where Jesus was, and it can guide us to Jesus, the light of the world, even today. So I pray that we're ready to follow the star as we journey towards Christmas. Will you pray with me? Father, this morning, may you continue to teach us, to shape us, to mold us. Father, we desire to be a church that seeks and reconciles and restores and equips those who would be your disciples. God, this morning, may you continue to mightily work through your word as we dive into it. God, may you speak to us in a new and fresh way this morning. So God, we're grateful for this time together. May you be glorified. It's in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I believe that a lot of people, including myself, have been really looking forward to Christmas this year. I mentioned that last week as well, but I, I think it's true. I think this season, more than any other time in, our, in the last several years, people have been looking forward to Christmas. And I think one of those reasons is that we're looking for hope. And it reminds me of the sign, the yard sign that was that I've mentioned before that soon came out at, last March that said, hope is not canceled. And in our home, we received an amazing blessing of hope this past year. We were looking forward in the midst of a pandemic, hopeful for our eighth baby to be born. 
Sure enough, she came July 9th. What a blessing of hope that was in our lives. And, and I also think about the hope of in our, our household of being able to, to sell our home in Gearing and praise God again this, this past week. We finally officially closed on the sale of that home. We had that hope that that would take place. And I think about this church body, I've, I've also experienced hope in this church body as there's many people involved in small group Bible studies, new small groups starting, our Wednesday night family night that I believe has been a, a beneficial thing for this congregation and, and ministry teams and our missions and just the, the outreach of this congregation. There's, there's a lot of hope that I have in this church body and as a church we've had opportunity to get to know new families and individuals that have been coming and being a part of what's going on here at the church and and together we're growing as a congregation we have a vision for the future and faith to move forward and God has been challenging us as a congregation and I see him working powerfully in our lives and that brings me great hope while I've been experiencing hope in, in my home and here at the pot, body of Christ, I realize, though, that not everyone experiences hope. Especially during this Christmas time, during this season, not everyone is experiencing that same hope. And maybe even this morning, you're struggling to experience hope Right now where you're at with what's going on in your life. And there are numerous struggles that you may be experiencing today that are stripping you of hope. Maybe it's financial stresses. Man, you you want to make this Christmas special, but man, things are just really tight financially. Maybe relational dysfunctions that you're not looking forward to doing any sort of get-togethers. You don't enjoy getting together with your family because it's just, there's tensions. Or maybe there's memories of loss. Perhaps the Christmas season is difficult because you're remembering a loved one that has passed away this past year. This may be the first Christmas without that individual. And it's not easy. Maybe there's commercialized expectations where you feel like you're trying to have to keep up with the Joneses. And we've all been there at some time or another. And we've all gone through difficult things. Things that maybe we can relate to each other with. And maybe it's things that we feel like we're all alone in. But I pray this morning that you realize that you're not alone. That we have something better to look forward to, that we can have hope during this time of year. And, and I think about the, the Christmas story and the journey towards that first Christmas, Mary and Joseph and an innkeeper and a, a jealous king, some wise men, common shepherds, angels, and so many more that didn't even understand what was happening all the time. And Mary and Joseph how they had to place their firstborn son in a manger because there wasn't room in the inn. And Herod wasn't feeling hopeful when he learned of a king who had been born in Bethlehem. The wise men had a long journey to take in order to see Jesus. And the shepherds were afraid when the angels appeared to them. And while there are hardships along the journey, 
most of the characters answer God's invitation to come and see the arrival of his son, the light of the world and the savior of all. And as we begin, will you say yes to the journey, the journey that God is inviting you to come on? Will you look through the darkness of your life, no matter what that may be, and look for the glimmer of hope? Will you step toward the light of the star, even if your vision seems cloudy or cluttered? Will you journey toward Bethlehem, drawn by hope for the love, joy, and peace that awaits? And through this journey of hope, God wants us to know, and this is the big idea this morning, that Jesus brings hope in the dark times of our lives. Jesus brings hope in the dark times of our lives. If you turn over to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, a very simple verse, one that you could easily memorize, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. It says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. So how do we unswervingly follow the star on the journey of hope? How can we purposely live this season of anticipation in light of hope? Well, let's look at three key ideas. Acknowledging the darkness around us, embracing the weight, and committing to the journey. I want us to first think about this idea of acknowledging the darkness. I want to show a quick video here. This morning. Another risk factor of methanol is that it is flammable. Methanol fires are particularly dangerous because the flames are difficult to see in daylight. Heat waves rising from the fire or other nearby materials catching fire may be the only visible sign of a daylight methanol fire. Acknowledging the darkness. And in this video, you see this methanol fire that's very hard to see in the daylight, but it burns a beautiful blue color in the dark. And in the darkness, the flame is visible and gives off light. And the same is true if you think about stars. We aren't able to see them during the daytime most often, but at night, as long as the sky is clear, we can see the stars and in fact, the darker the night, the better we can see the stars. And if you live out in the country, you can oftentimes see those stars even more clearly because there's less light. And when the moon is just a tiny sliver of a thumbnail, instead of a full moon, the stars just seem so much brighter. The darker the setting, the brighter the starlight. And just because we can't see them in the daytime doesn't mean that they're not still there. And this is the wonder of God's creation, and he chose a star to guide the wise men to Bethlehem. And throughout the Bible, we see how God uses his own creation to reveal himself to us. If you'll turn to Psalm chapter 19, in verses 1 through 4, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. 
There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. And in Psalm 8, verses 3 through 4, it says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are, that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. You see, God uses his creation. He used the star to draw us to him in a world full of masks today that seems to be more real to us today than ever. It's easy for us to mask the darkness that might take place in our world and even in our own hearts, in our own lives. We mask that. Especially during the holidays, we try to allow the, the holiday glitz and glamour of the lights, the, artific the artificial lights, to, to try to cover over the darkness that's still within us. But facing darkness and calling it what it is allows for us to see true light come forth. Sometimes we have to experience the darkness in order to see the light clearly. If you've ever heard of a testimony of someone that's an addict, they talk about how they've had, a, they've had to hit rock bottom before they could come out of that, to acknowledge the darkness within them in order to begin to heal. It was only when they, they acknowledged that darkness that they were able to see the light and hope We don't have to look far to see that there is darkness all around us in this world. The Israelites, they were experiencing a dark time also when Jesus showed up on the scene. They had been, there had been 400 years of silence from, from God between the Old Testament prophets and the New Testament times. And they were experiencing Roman rule in Israel and they, they didn't like having the Romans as their authorities. Their belief about the Messiah was that he would come and set them free from Roman rule. You see, they were looking for a political savior. And that even happens today, doesn't it? And I'm sure the Israelites felt like God had abandoned them. Yet if they remembered the words of the prophet Isaiah, they should have been hopeful. Isaiah 7 verse 14 Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And will call him Emmanuel. The time was coming when God would be with man in the flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. Isaiah talked about the coming light and the present darkness. And that darkness continued to grow through the centuries. Isaiah 9 verse 2 says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. There was hope. And the same is true today. In the midst of our darkness, in the midst of the darkness of this world and the people that are living in it, there's light that has dawned. Isaiah was foretelling the future. Both of these verses were spoken long before Jesus was born. 
And the people of Israel lived in that space between promise and fulfillment. They were desperate for a deliverer. And I can't imagine that there isn't one of us here today that is, is desperate for a deliverer. And we want things to, to come just back to a, a, a time that didn't seem so difficult. And today we share that same darkness and desperation in our world. And every one of us wants to be set free from the darkness that we're experiencing. And Jesus brings hope in the dark times of our lives. And, and that's what we have to share with the world. The, the great darkness we all experience is, of course, the darkness of sin in our lives. The mess-ups, the mistakes, that we're all born with the desire to have things our own way, that we don't want to give in to authority. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Romans 3.10-12 through 12 says, There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who, who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away, they have together become worthless. There is no one who does good. Not even one. You see, the darkness of sin is found in every one of us. When we choose to do wrong, whether it be within our families, at school, our workplace, or our community, oftentimes there's consequences. And the same is true with God, who is holy and just. There are consequences. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And this verse speaks about the consequences of our sin, but then it also gives us hope. God had a plan to deal with the darkness of our sins. And it was sending Jesus from heaven to earth to die on a cross so we could be purified from the darkness of sin in our lives. Romans 5.8 but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, it says, For what I have received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. See, this was God's plan and promise from the very beginning through the prophet Isaiah. And in 1 John chapter 1, verses 5-7, through 7, says, This is the message we have heard from Him and declare to you. God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and we do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light... As he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. See, we have to acknowledge that there is darkness in this world. There is darkness within our own lives. But there is hope that we can walk in the light. And maybe the darkness you need to deal with today is the darkness of sin that you've been struggling with. And nothing can rescue you from the darkness of sin except God. Jesus entered your darkness that first Christmas so that you could have hope. 
And maybe the next step that you need to take today is acknowledging the darkness of sin in your life. And then through belief and repentance and confession and baptism, that you would accept his sacrifice, that sacrifice of Jesus on the cross to purify you of your sins. So are you willing? Are you willing to make a lifestyle change that comes through the transforming power of Jesus Christ working within your life? See, repentance is a 180 degree turn from pursuing sin in sin to pr- pursuing Jesus. A 180 degree turn. Total separation from sin will come when Jesus Christ returns, but we are still in that waiting process. We have to learn to embrace the wait. And so this morning, we need to acknowledge the darkness in this world, and we need to embrace the wait. But who really likes to wait? I don't know about you. I personally don't enjoy waiting all that much. In fact, I don't enjoy shopping because I don't like standing in line, waiting to go through the line. And remember, growing up at Christmas, we had oftentimes just open one present on Christmas Eve. And then on Christmas morning, we'd open the rest of our presents. And I don't know if it was just because over time we begged our parents enough to say can we open all of our presents on christmas eve because i just don't think we enjoyed waiting just one more day that was just it was just too much and so now even today in the gwen household we open our christmas presents on christmas eve and then we open our stockings on christmas morning we don't like to wait you see children they don't like to wait for birthdays to come around and christmas morning to arrive they Students wait to hear if they've been accepted into college or graduate programs. As adults, we we wait to hear if we've gotten the job or we wait to hear if we got a promotion or we, we, as parents, wait for the birth of a child or as couples wait to hear about adopting a a new baby. See, the Israelites, they knew all about waiting. Since Genesis in the very first book of the Bible, when sin entered the world, we see that God offered the promise of hope. In fact, a verse that we read last week, Genesis 3, 14 and 15, So the Lord said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. See, God was talking about Jesus, the source of hope from the very beginning. God had a plan for hope from the very start. But constrained by time and the world that we live in, the waiting has seemed to go on and on and on. It seemed like it took forever for the Israelites to eventually see the Messiah It's kind of like if you imagine a farmer standing on the dry dust of a parched field and looking up to the sky and and years of drought have taken everything from him. And he has lost hope. But then in the distance he hears the rumble of thunder, the promise of rain. That is the image John the Baptist gave of himself when people asked if he was the Messiah. No, he was not. 
but he was announcing the arrival of the long-awaited one. He was the herald of hope. And in John chapter 1, verse 23, from the message paraphrase, says, I'm thunder in the desert. Make the road straight for God. I'm doing what the prophet Isaiah preached. And right now is a time of waiting. While we struggle with waiting in our culture, there's this great benefit in embracing this season as we anticipate the coming of Jesus. The waiting reminds us where our hope is set. It allows us time and focus to hear the distant rumble of thunder. The promise that our hope will be fulfilled. That God keeps his promises and he has promised to send Jesus a second time. And as we wait to celebrate Jesus' birth, we also wait for our true hope to be fulfilled. The perfecting of our souls. The Apostle John describes it for us in Revelation 7, verse 9, and verse 16 and 17, where it says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne in front of the Lamb. Never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. We still live in the space between looking forward to what's going to come and what has not yet taken place. What, what has already been and, and what we still have to look forward to. And we have to embrace the waiting just like the Israelites did. They were waiting for a, the arrival of the Messiah the very first time. And we're awaiting the arrival for the second time. Hope is what fuels our faith as we wait. Because we know that eternity with God will far outweigh what we have experienced here on this earth. That we have something so much better to look forward to. In 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, it says, Therefore, do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And so will you allow this season to serve as a reminder of the confidence that we have as we wait and hope for what we have not yet seen? Will you seek the light of the star no matter how faintly it might first appear to you and draw hope from its growing light? And maybe your next step today is to wait with hope for Jesus' second coming and live this life to the fullest in Jesus as you wait. Because normally... 
we define waiting as an inactive process. But in all reality, it can be an active process. We have to commit to the journey. We have to be involved as we wait. And that's the third thing this morning. To commit to the journey. The concept of waiting throughout the Bible is one of active waiting. It's not just sitting around doing nothing. In fact, Scripture says to watch and pray, to, to be ready and, and waiting for the day when Jesus comes again. It's not just about sitting around. We wait with expectant hearts. But we have to be constantly moving forward on our journey. Henry J.M. Nowen said this, Active waiting means to be present fully to the moment in the conviction that something is happening where you are and that you want to be present to it. You have to be in the moment. As we wait for Jesus' return, as we have the hope of eternity, we still have a life to live. We have to commit to the journey. And it's not easy. It takes strength and courage. But we can receive that from our Lord. In fact, Psalm 31 verse 24 says, Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. See, we hope in the Lord and we, we take strength and we take heart from that hope. So what does that look like in our real life? I believe the Apostle Peter gives us great words of wisdom that apply to our real lives. He speaks about being holy. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 through 16, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16 says, Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. See, hope is about waiting but that waiting involves a commitment to be present in our journey of obedience. Preparing our minds means that we are alert and involves expectation and active anticipation. Being self-controlled is also an active process as we wait. And each of us are at different places in our journey with God. And so we can't compare ourselves with those around us. But we have to keep following God's light. And as we journey to Christmas, it's not about finding all the answers or checking all the boxes, but it's about preparing ourselves. You just have to show up and he will and, and be willing, excuse me, to, to follow God's lead. He wants to fill your heart with hope and healing as you seek his son Jesus. And so I want us to listen to a song by Matthew West as we close out our time together. It's called The Hope of Christmas. Take me back to eight years old 
The little church on a dead end road With a candle flicker in one hand And dad's hand in the other Take me back to silent night My heart was full and the world was right Cause right now the world looks nothing like Those innocent Decembers These days peace on earth is hard to find and I need you to remind me one more time You're still the hope of Christmas You're still the light when the world looks dark You're still the hope of Christmas You're still the hope of my heart the snowflakes falling down like a blanket on this town for a moment we can hardly see the pain this year has brought us may the sick find healings touch may hatreds fight be one with love and may every heart make room for you the one who came to save us cause you're still the hope of christmas you're still the light when the world looks dark You're still the hope of Christmas And you're still the hope of my heart my head to pray tonight felt my little girl by my side she slipped her tiny hand in mine and we both talked to you and it took me back to eight years old my daddy's hand and a story told about heaven's love in the manger lord and a promise that's still true you're still the hope of christmas you're still the light when the world looks dark You're still the hope of Christmas And you're still the hope of my heart You're still the hope of Christmas You're still the light when the world looks dark You're still the still the hope of my heart as we journey to Christmas I pray that we remember that as Christians we have hope and that hope is what the world needs to hear whether it be through our smiles, our words of encouragement, 
whatever it might be, your interactions over this next four weeks or so as we lead up to Christmas, I pray that we, we acknowledge that there is darkness in this world. And that we embrace the weights as we look forward to the day when Jesus comes again. But that we have to commit to the journey. Because each one of us plays a part in reaching the lost and providing hope in this world. As the praise team comes this morning, will you stand with me as we pray? If you have a decision to make to surrender your life for the very first time to God, we'd invite you to come as we sing. Will you pray with me this morning? God, we... We are humbled to gather in your presence, and we know that you give us purpose and meaning, that we as a church have a responsibility in this world to follow the star, to be the light in the darkness. God, we are praising your name this morning, that we have something so much better to look forward to, and it was because you sent your son Jesus to this earth to die on the cross for our sins. And if there's someone here this morning, God, that needs to surrender their life to you for the very first time, to acknowledge the darkness of sin in their life, to repent of that and to confess you as their Lord and Savior, and to, to die to their old self in the watery graves of baptism, to rise in newness of life. Father, I pray that they would come as we sing. It's the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a Several things in your bulletin that, again, make sure to make note of. Some of the announcements are in, on the inside, and they give some more details on the back side. So we just want to make sure that you're aware that there's going to be a, a children's Christmas program December 13th at 6 p.m., and there'll be some practice, a rehearsal for that December 12th from 10 to noon on that day. Our Wednesday nights will kick back off again here. We took a week break uh, last Wednesday, but we will have Wednesday nights, uh, family night, meal, and classes to follow this coming Wednesday uh, for the next three weeks leading up to our Christmas time. Uh, there is a Youth Progressive Supper that will be happening this coming Saturday. Uh, the, the, always the hard part on early uh, month activities that kind of sneaks up on you. So we're going to have a Progressive Supper that same day is our Embrace Grace Baby Shower. Uh, so if you are someone that has planned to bring a gift for that, make sure to get that in this week. Uh, and then also, um, there is going to be a celebration dinner after services next Sunday. So a week from today, next Sunday after both services, we're going to have our celebration meal time together. And there's sign-up sheets out in the foyer for that. Also, the top of the peak, uh, some details about that on December 12th is on the back. And then uh, one thing that is not in the bulletin, and it's kind of random, we're looking forward to maybe seeing if we can put together an activity for our um, uh, New Year's Eve party that we're going to have here at the church building. And so if you by chance know or have 
one of those like blow up costumes where you can't really tell who's in the costume necessarily. It's just like it blows up and the air blows up and it's sometimes they're dinosaurs, sometimes they're random different things. We're looking for those to possibly use at our New Year's Eve party and uh, would love for you to let me know if you might have access to one of those. We need about five or six of them if possible. So a couple quick uh, prayer requests. Continue to be in prayer for the DeVault family. Louise did pass away this past week and her funeral will be this coming Thursday at 10 a.m. here at the church building. So please be in prayer for the DeVault family with the passing of Louise. Uh, I got a prayer request from the Mondals last week, Joyce and Dave, be in prayer for Mike Mondal. He recently had an MRI done where they found a bulging disc in his back, as well as more lead MS legions on his brain and back, and so he's dealing with COVID as well. So be in prayer for him and his, wi his wife as they g go through this. Uh, a reminder and a prayer request is to keep our secretary, Debbie Coates, in your prayer. She's planning to have rotator cuff surgery this coming Friday, December 4th. Uh, and then also be in prayer for Julie Bodine. Um, she's still struggling with some uh, stomach intestine issues, and so they're trying to figure out some things to try to help her out. So please be in prayer for Julie Bodine. Uh, several other people on our list that we continue to pray for, Coventry, LaVon Coventry, the Cummings family, um, just others that are being impacted by COVID and people that are having surgeries or recovering from surgeries. So please uh, continue to keep one another in your prayers. Any other announcements or prayer requests as we close our time together this morning? All right, will you join me in prayer and then we'll close in song. God, we are grateful again for the privilege it is to come together into your house and um, depending on the week, the time of the year, what's going on in our personal lives, Father, it's Sometimes it can be a struggle to, to be together. Sometimes uh, it's easy to just fall into a, a worldly mentality that uh, we'll get to it later. But God, we just want to make you a priority in our lives. And we thank you for the time we can spend together as the body of Christ, not as a group of strangers, but I pray as family, that we would reach out to one another, care about one another, pray for one another. God, that we would share hope into the lives of each other in this body of believers but also into the world that we live in and so God we want to journey to Christmas as we look forward to what you have in store for us over the next several weeks may we be open to your leading in our lives and may your Holy Spirit guide and direct us and it's in the name of Jesus I pray amen